630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Queen Victoria, you beautiful woman. Thank you for the holiday. How's everybody doing today? I am live in Rogers Place in about an hour from now. The Oil Kings will be facing off against the Winnipeg Ice Game 3 of their best of seven Eastern Conference Final in the Western Hockey League. It is tied 1-1 in the NHL tonight. Tampa Bay going for the sweep against the Florida Panthers. It is scoreless heading into the second period. Later on, Avalanche at Blues. Colorado leads that best of seven. 2-1. Blue Jays in action against the Cardinals. That game is scoreless in the second inning. Well, some sour news from the Canadian Football League. Dave Naylor initially reporting, and I have confirmed with a source from the Edmonton Elks that the tentative collective bargaining agreement between the CFL and its Players Association has been voted down by the membership. Uh, I've also heard that the Elks uh, haven't even finished voting yet, but enough of the results are in from the eight other teams that this is not going to go through. So this is not good. Uh, this means that the players can go back on strike. They uh, they had reached that tentative seven-year agreement last Wednesday on a new CBA. Uh, so now the uh, CFL season, which, by the way, the Elks are supposed to have a preseason game on Friday, which, if it is played, will be right here on 630 Chet. We'll see what happens. Uh, but supposedly the league's players are going to have a meeting sometime tonight. And we'll see what happens. So we'll keep an eye on that. Uh, I know that the, the players had some concerns about the ratio for Canadian players. There was a, a delayed revenue sharing plan. Uh, perhaps some of the things that have been hangups here for players and why this is being voted down. This is kind of also, uh, and, and Dave Naylor pointed this out as well, this is a rejection of the the people who negotiated the deal, the bargaining committee and the player reps, basically saying we, we don't think what you did is is good enough or represents all of us. So this is concerning for the Canadian Football League. Are they going to go ahead without a, uh, a bargaining agreement? Could they go on strike? Could the owners just say, well, to heck with you then, we're going to lock you out? But that is the latest from the Canadian Football League. So, yeah, sour news after the positivity from a few days ago that it, it looked like the season was going to go ahead without a hitch. So obviously a story we got to keep an eye on. The Edmonton Oilers tomorrow here at Rogers Place game four against the Calgary Flames 530 for the faceoff show game at 730 the Oilers now leading the series two games to one after a pretty impressive 4-1 win last night over the Flames now of course some players grabbed some of the a lot of the headlines Evander Kane had a natural hat trick he has two hat tricks in the postseason the last time an Oiler had more than one hat trick in a playoff season was Yari Curry in 1985. He had four. He had four hat-tricks in one playoff. Three three-goal games and a four-goal game. So anyway, Kane gets the hat-trick. McDavid ties an NHL record, tied with several players for most points in a period with four. He had four assists. Connor McDavid, brilliant again. He had three assists. Zach Hyman scores. Mike Smith in net, solid 32 out of 33. Had his. Uh, I, I don't really follow... WWE wrestling. It's too bad Kellen Kennedy isn't working tonight. Uh, nothing against you, Angie Quinnell, because of course you're doing a great job. But your wrestling knowledge, I, well, I, I should, your wrestling knowledge is not on Kellen's level. I don't think. 
Yeah, no, not at all. No, okay. <laughs> so so if it was for for wrestling, I'll have to touch base with Kellen on this, but somebody said to me today, that was Mike Smith's Steve Austin moment uh, coming back out of the tunnel after leaving the game to go into the concussion protocol. So, so those guys, rightfully so, grabbing most of the headlines for the game, for the evening, for the victory. But uh, after they had a team meeting today, I asked Jay Woodcroft how he felt about the overall team play last night. I thought uh, we got really good um, efforts uh, from everybody. And, and, you know, normally a coach comes in and says, oh, all 20 um, contributed, but that doesn't include the goaltender who didn't start the game. But all 20 contributed yesterday, including Miko, um, who came in and gave us uh, some good minutes uh, when... Uh, Mike Smith was pulled out of the game. Um, I thought the Ryan McLeod line with Fogel and, and Yamamoto was really effective. I thought um, Zach Cassian, Josh Archibald, Derek Ryan gave us good minutes. And then uh, some unheralded guys on the back end are just doing some uh, really important things for our group. Brett Kulak and uh, Tyson Berry's done a heck of a job defending and um, yeah, we're getting lots of really good efforts up and down the lineup. Well, and at some point, I, I suppose you can quibble and say, well, those guys need to score, and they probably will at some point. And the Oilers have had some uh, unlikely goal scorers along the way. Don't forget Cody Ceci got the series winner in Game 7 against L.A. Keith and Bouchard both scored in Calgary. So they have had other guys chip in, but the, the high-end players, especially McDavid, are, are playing at such an incredible level right now that they're giving the Flames all they can handle. Uh, Tyson Berry and Leon Dreisaitl spoke at the podium today, and they also commented on the overall team play. Our top guys are playing well. Our, our, all throughout our lineup, everyone's kind of playing to the, the best of their abilities and um, doing doing what's being asked of them. And, um, you know, a game like last night, you kind of see the the rewards of that and, and playing a full team game for full 60. So uh, it, it's great to see everybody involved. Well, I think we're playing the game the right way right now. Um, the last two games, um, you know, obviously, uh, I think our line has, has done most of the scoring, but the other lines are creating, they're creating offense, they're creating chances, they're defending well. Um, they're, we're doing all the little things good right now, and obviously we um, we need that to, to continue uh, for for the rest of the run. Well, I would say dry settle is, is correct. The other lines are doing their job. Clearly the fourth line is not playing a lot, but I, I think everybody's doing their job. The first period last night, the Oilers outshot the Flames 21-7. I thought that was indicative of the flow of the game. Brett Kulak had a shot go through Markstrom and trickle off the post. If that's an inch to the left, it goes in, and you got another goal from a defenseman. So, I, I mean, I thought that was a very impressive performance by the Oilers last night, especially through 40 minutes. Uh, I mean, yeah, sure, Calgary was a little more dangerous in the third period, but the Oilers were already up 4 nothing at that point. In that third period, of course, Milan Lucic with 11.25 left. The bump on Mike Smith set off a strum. Luch gets five in a game for charging, and uh, today he commented on that collision with Smith. I wasn't trying to hit him, but you can, like you said, I was, I was, I was breaking, and um, yeah, um, like I, I think the main thing is, is it's I don't. I don't think I really want to get into what I was thinking or what I was trying to do or if he sold it or if he didn't a little bit. 
but I think I agree with Daryl in the sense of if I actually did charge, we both wouldn't be playing tomorrow. All right. Well, and Lucic commenting that if he actually did a full-on charge where he skates through Smith or actually more aggressively shoves him, um, that it's not just a five-minute penalty. It's also a suspension. Uh, look, Lucic knew what he was doing. He knew what the score was. He knew he was uh, being cheeky. He knew he was going to incite something, and he didn't care. If, I, if the game is tied 1-1, does he get a five-minute major? Probably not. Now, if the game is tied 1-1, does he even bother doing that? Probably not. So I think the referees gave him the major as much for the intent and the game situation as for the actual act. So uh, I think some game management there along the way. Um, <laughs> you know, give, giving a team a five-minute power play with 11 and a half minutes left in a 4 nothing game, you, you're especially if it's the leading team, you're not going to do too much to uh, impact the outcome of the game. I, I do agree with Luch. He could have done something much more severe. Uh, to, uh, in my mind, it was probably a two-minute penalty. But, again, given the situation and the fact that, well, I, mean, I guess it was on a goaltender who you're not supposed to hit at all, um, and then it gets everybody riled up, I, I think the, the refs were like, okay, we got to get this guy out of the game. We'll make sure we, we settle things down and uh, and on we go from there. So anyway, that's what Lucic had to say about that today. All right. I'm always happy to hear from you. You can follow me on Twitter at Reed Wilkins, R-E-I-D-W-I-L-K-I-N-S. You can email the program at insidesports at 630ched.com. And if you'd like to give me a call, 780-496-0063 is the hotline presented by Certainty, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. Certainty Pro all the way. Mooner's going to join me a little bit later on. Stoff's going to be here as well to take in the Oil Kings in the ice. And uh, when we get back, the uh, color analyst for the games on oilkings.ca, Guy Flaming. This is Inside Sports on 630 Chet. Okay, inside Rogers Place tonight. 7 o'clock start, Oil Kings game three against the Winnipeg Ice. Eastern Conference final is tied 1-1. I am pleased to be joined at long last on air with this gentleman <laughs> from the Oil Kings broadcast on oilkings.ca. It's Guy Flaming. Guy, good to see you. Reed, I appreciate the invite. This is fun. Yeah, it's it's nice to see you. You've been on the Oil Kings broadcast, you were telling me, since 2013. And how long has the Pipeline show been going now? 2006. This is year 17. Just wow. wrapping it up, actually. About a month and a half from now, it'll be a start of season 18. That is amazing. And what inspired you to start that? Oh, I just like junior hockey and uh, prospects. I was uh, writing for Hockey's Future back in the day when that old website was kicking around, and uh, it got to be, I actually was started to do Bob's show uh, the, with when he was on another station, and uh, he would ask me to come on all the time, and other guys were starting to do the same, and I uh, just figured if there's that much interest in prospects, hey, why don't I start my own show? So yeah. that's what I did. Yeah, that's awesome. I love that story. Well, there's always interest in prospects because they're always going to be better than the guys currently on the team. We all know that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like it because it's it's they're still kind of innocent, you know. They're right. playing for the love of things. They obviously are trying to get to where the Oilers are and and things like that. But it, it's a fun level of hockey. Uh, Tampa Bay has just scored to go up one nothing on Florida, despite being badly outshot. Twenty five seven are the shots for the Panthers, but uh, Tampa Bay goes up one nothing. Okay, so uh, this series. Um, 
you'll have to help me a little bit because you'll have seen more of it than sure. I have. Like the third periods have been huge for Winnipeg. Yeah. What's what's going on there? Well, that, and that's been the thing is uh, Edmonton. I thought dominated the second period of Game One was ridiculously one-sided in favor of the Oil Kings, uh, and they got into that third period, got some penalty trouble, uh, and really uh, afforded the 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 Winnipeg Ice the opportunity to come back in the game. They tied it, went to overtime. Edmonton won. Game two, I think the ice made some adjustments uh, and really started us to, uh, the, the checking was a lot tighter in game two. Uh, I think if, if there's a, a track meet between these two teams, I think the Oil Kings are happy with that because they can they can fly with the best of them. Winnipeg is a very offensive team, but I think Edmonton is more offensive. So we'll see what tonight is going, going to be like. Edmonton has to stay out of the penalty box. That's first and foremost because Winnipeg is very good on the power play. They're, they're over 30% right now. Uh, but the, uh, the ice... Um, they're going to be without a couple of their big guys tonight. No Matthew Savoy, no Owen Peterson. Oh, Savoy's out, the local he guy. He got banged up in game two. Do we know how bad? Uh, we don't know. It's playoffs, right? <laughs> Upper body injuries of the extent that I can tell you. Well, that's more specific than some teams are. Yeah. Well, that's too bad because he, he's going to go top 10, won't he? Even uh, I, I would think he would be uh, in that top 10, if not just on the edge of it. But, oh, really? Okay. Uh, I, I would have to think he's probably top 10. This Oil Kings team, I mean, they had they have high NHL draft picks and then they traded for, sure. for a couple others along the way. So I'll ask you kind of the fun question. Like wh where does this one, this generation of the club rank with the 12, 13 and 14 teams? Well, they're, they're right there. I mean, the, the team that won the Memorial cup in 2014 didn't have five members of team Canada on it, uh, which this club does and throw Jakob Demick in the mix. They got six world junior players on this roster. So just from that comparison, I would suggest this team's probably better. Uh, I mean, they, back in 2014, you, you had high-end guys for sure, but they weren't, you know, Dylan Gunther's a top-10 pick, and Jake Neighbors is a first-round pick, and Caden Gooley's a first-round pick. Justin Sordiff is a third-rounder who probably should have been a second-rounder, uh, and he's been a terrific addition to this club. So, yeah, on paper, I would suggest this team's probably better uh, than uh, the 2014 team, but that team also had guys like Tristan Jerry and yeah. Curtis Lazar, and that was a really fun team to be around. Yeah, well, and uh, still some work to do against the uh, the. And this is an interesting matchup because this is this is the matchup that we wanted. I mean, these two teams were two of the top teams. All, all well, I mean, they the they, they, they split. They kind of shared the number one ranking back and yeah. forth most of the year in the entire Canadian yeah. Hockey League. These are the top two teams in the entire CHL, and they're playing for a conference championship in the WHL. I mean, this, these two clubs are good enough to be in the final of the Memorial Cup. Unfortunately, only one of them can even get to the final of the WHL. And, uh, I mean, Winnipeg's an interesting story because their last couple of years in Kootenai, weren't yep. they quite poor? Yes. Okay. <laughs> yes. That, that now, was that location related or was that just the no, down cycle? That, that's the cycle uh, okay. uh, of junior hockey. I mean, you go back, they had guys like Sam Reinhart and, and uh, Braden McNabb, and they were challenging for Memorial Cup. Then the cycle happens, and then you go to the bottom, and then you're able to draft guys like Peyton Krebs, and you, you, right. you're in a position where you can get Connor McLennan, and now with Matthew Savoy and Connor Geeky. But they're at the, they're coming up. They're, they are right now what I think Edmonton was two years ago. Just unfortunately, with COVID, we haven't had playoffs right. since 2019. So you think Winnipeg's position to be uh, powerful for probably at least a couple Winnipeg more years? Winnipeg will eh? be very good again next year and probably the year after, depending who returns for that club. Uh, but they're not going to have it handed to them. Moose Jaw is going to also be very, very good next year. Right. And quickly, give me 30 seconds on uh, the other side of the draw. 
Oh, which, oh, on the other side of the WHL? Yes, the you Western Conference. Kamloops yeah. in Seattle right now, and uh, Logan Stankoven is uh, the Connor McDavid of the WHL right now. He's got 25 points in 12 games. Oh, that's it, eh? Unbelievable. 14 <laughs> goals. This kid is on fire. And uh, which it, it, uh, one of the teams is a bit of an upset team. Weren't they third in the division? Well, Seattle was, uh, yeah, they, they came in, they were fourth in the division, but the Western Conference was so tight this year okay. that really you could have thrown a dart at five teams and it wouldn't have been a surprise. So very good series. Both That one's locked up 1-1 as we are here. Okay, and, they, and they're back at it tomorrow? Tomorrow. Okay. Guy, it's great to see you. I know you got to go uh, work with Andrew here, so thanks yeah. for sneaking in before your own broadcast. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Reed. That is Guy Flaming checking in from the Pipeline Show and from the Oil Kings broadcast on oilkings.ca. The teams are out on the ice for the warm-up as the game starts at 7. Oilkings.ca for uh, tickets, the schedule info. Hey, if you got time, buzz on down tonight and take in a good hockey game. Mooner is standing by on Inside Sports. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. For most of us, crime is something we see on the news. We never think it could happen to us until it does. Loved ones are gone, and for the survivors, the scars will never heal. I'm Nancy Hickst, a senior crime reporter for Global News. And on this season of Crime Beat, I'll take you inside some of the most serious crime stories I've covered. Season six of Crime Beat is available now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and all podcast platforms.